0: Start with the first thing. One of my principal friends told me recently he was having a tough time sleeping at night. When I asked him why, he shared the story of an educator in his building who was not cutting the mustard. Let's call her Sally. Sally was a pot stirrer. Her actions in the building supported chaos instead of student learning, and she often left student needs unaddressed. He had made countless attempts to support her growth and made the tough decision to release Sally. And he's human. As the time grew closer for him to tell her, he slept less and less. He thought about Sally's family and how this might change their perception of their loved one. He thought about the friends she had at the school and how this might impact their dedication to the school. He even worried about the financial hardship this may cause Sally. As he carried the burdens associated with the decision, he slept less and less. His sleepless nights reminded me of the time there was an altercation between a student and a campus security guard in my building. If you'd been around middle schoolers at all, you know it takes a special breed of people to work with adolescents every day and keep it cool. It takes a special person who can recognize the 13 year old five foot nothing eighth grader with something to prove squaring up to you eye to eye as a cry for help and not as a physical challenge. Unfortunately, in this case, the campus security guy saw this stance as a threat and gave the kid a shove. The student never touched him. He broke a lot of rules, but nothing that would have warranted physical contact on the behalf of the adult. Because of the physical contact, the course was clear and swift. I took statements from all parties, questioned the witness, disciplined the student for disruptive behavior, and terminated the employment of the campus security guard within a couple of hours. There are so many reasons why termination was the right move in this situation, but they all boil down to what is right for the students. A physical action towards a student, not good for kids. The security guard demonstrating poor judgment in front of all the other students, choosing aggression over reason, not good for students. I could no longer trust the judgment of an adult around my kids. Not good for students. When you think of Sally at my friend's school, one might say it's different because she's not physically hurting anyone. But I maintain that there are many ways to hurt kids that have nothing to do with being physical. Sally is a pot stirrer. If adults are chasing down stories about who said what to who, sorting out gossip, and trying to put out fires with other adults, they are not focused on teaching and learning. It's not good for students. Students' learning needs are going unaddressed while she refuses to provide accommodations claiming fairness, not good for students. I'm not saying I have never had sleepless nights, I do. They are never about taking action against an adult who refuses to do the right thing for kids. When it comes to school, my moral compass points straight at the students. Every decision I make, even in my current role, I ask myself, is this what is best for the students I serve And if the answer is yes, I move forward like an ice princess on a mission. I'm unapologetic about putting kids first. I'm relationship driven. I give people a million chances to learn and to do better and to improve and to grow. But when the time comes that an adult has proven to me that he or she has no intention of changing behaviors that are not good for kids, the magnet in my compass snaps into place like a screen door on an old farmhouse and I make a confident and well-documented decision. Terminating an employee is a big deal and should not be taken lightly. It takes hours of work to support, guide, teach, support some more, document, evaluate, and eventually decide. But deciding to stand up for students, to keep your moral compass on kids, ensures that the decisions you make are not emotional, knee-jerk reactions. Start with the first thing. For me, the first thing is always the students. Am I deciding on teacher schedules? What impact does the decision have on students? When and where will the school dance be held? What impact does that have on students? Are we allowing water bottles in the classroom? What impact does that have on students? I do not care that Mrs. Smith has to drop her son at daycare on the way to work and she wants first hour prep. What I do care about is that my students are at their best in the morning and they are struggling the most with math. They get math first hour. I understand some kids like to go home and get their hair professionally done before the school dance, but doing so means some kids do not have a ride back for the dance and therefore cannot participate. We hold the dance in the last hour of the day despite parent complaints about hair appointments. I know third graders have a lot of spills and we know they need to stay hydrated to think and to learn. We require clear liquids and provide a lot of paper towels. Many of us in education lead with emotions. We are drawn to this profession of service because of our passion for helping people. Our belief that we can make a difference in the lives of students. This belief that we can and do make a difference is called efficacy. And there's a lot of research that tells us that efficacy is the key indicator of success. Thinking emotionally about our work is a positive trait that supports our success and the success of those we work with. But there can be times when emotions on both sides of an issue can lean to indecision and guilt. These are the things keeping my principal friend awake at night, keeping him wondering if he's doing the right thing, keeping him wondering if he can stay at a job that weighs heavily on him. We've all been there. Some of you are there right now. Wrestling with some decision that is the one that may have you asking yourself if you can stay. When you start to make decisions with your compass focused on students, a lot of the wishy-washiness falls away. Suddenly, you get back your power over emotional decision-making and you know the right course. The drama in your head about this decision is gone. It's like typing an address into the GPS. Follow the compass to your students. We are paid employees who are honored to have the opportunity to shape the lives of our kids. Yes, I'm sorry Sally is going to lose her job, her financial income, and maybe the respect of her family. Yes, I recognize that some of my staff members may not like the decision I'm making, and there may be fallout I deal with as a result. And I'm not willing to sacrifice a classroom or a building of kids to avoid those issues. I made the decision. I sleep at night. The kids learn and thrive. Kids learning and thriving, that is what I'm passionate about. and That is what I get paid to do. And how blessed am I to be able to do the work I believe I've been called to do and get paid for it? When I bring gratitude to my work, I carry a responsibility to do it well. Doing leadership well means leading through tough decisions. I do that and maintain my peace in my life by starting with the first thing, the students. Join us for our next episode of The Principalship, The Worst Job I Ever Loved.